Caregivers, have you ever felt like nothing is going right? Well, cheer up and welcome to Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver radio program, where you'll learn how to avoid that dreaded thing called caregiver burnout and how to survive the grieving process. Join Dave and his guests now as they share practice tips and tools that you can start using immediately to help get you through this day. Now, here's your caregiver host, Dave Nassani. From Los Angeles, a big L.A. welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Lane. I am Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver at caregiverdave.com. And my lovely co-host, Adrian Gruberg, is busy today and could not make it. But she's at thecaregiverspace.org. And we're coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on 20 global audio and video platforms, including iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Vimeo, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, MixCloud, Listen Notes, Blueberry, Player FM, Podcast.com, VIP, Internet Radio, TuneIn.com, Facebook Live, HealthyLife.net, and CaregiverDave.com. And we're so proud to be voted number one podcast, Caregiver Podcast, on the top 50 of Player FM, as well as the top six best podcasts by Caring.com, as well as number three podcasts out of thousands of Caregiver Podcasts on Feedspot. So we have an exciting show planned for you today, and we're talking to Terry Wildman, author of The Enchanted Boardroom, Evolve into an Unstoppable Intuitive Leader. Now, Terry is an experienced entrepreneur, speaker, professional developer, uh, develop, professional development trainer, and best-selling author who became certified in various holistic modalities after experiencing multiple burnouts. I think, and health crises, and I think caregivers are very familiar with burnout. And just to remind you, you can watch or listen to that, this interview and all our interviews on our membership website, caregiverdave.com, or any of those 20 global networks that I mentioned earlier. All right, enough of that. Welcome to the show, Margaret. So glad and excited to have you on, finally. Uh, like at the beginning of my show, does it seem like everything's going wrong? And today was one of those days for both of us, I think. So uh, why don't you take a moment and introduce yourself? Just who is Terry Wildman, and why was she put on this earth? Wildman is a military spouse, mom to three kids, intuitive speaker, trainer, coach, and I was born to teach. Bottom line, every time I turn around, I am teaching, supporting, and coaching. It's just something that is ingrained in me. It's something that I've been doing since I was a kid. People always coming to me for advice. Okay. It's just the way it is. And I got, uh, I decided, okay, if that's the way it's going to be, I might as well uh, start learning and getting certified and trained and do what I meant to be doing on this planet. And all that stuff, huh? Wow. So um, I take it that you actually practice what you preach, right? You're not just Without, teaching us stuff that you uh, know but don't do yourself. Every single thing that I learn and teach, I well, every, every single thing that I learn, I learn for myself first. It's the classic thing that we end up teaching what we need to learn for ourselves. That is so true. And I have burned out multiple times. Really? Tell us about some of your burnouts. I love to hear burnout stories because other people, other caregivers that are listening can relate to that and say, oh, that's what I went through. Oh, yeah. 
and the fact that you're still alive and talking, it, it gives them hope that they yes. too will come through their burnout, their depression, their suicidal thoughts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, in my twenties uh, and thirties, I was actually pretty sick, and but I was always striving to do better and do better and do better and do better. And it wasn't until after my children were born and Western medicine basically almost killed them um, yeah. that I knew I needed to find something else. I needed to do something differently. And we went, uh, I asked for help. I, I just intuitively asked for help. Uh, and I prayed for it. I asked for it. I just opened my arms and just sort of, not sort of, I did. I just surrendered and just said, just show me what I need to be doing. And the first thing that came into my world was um, a phenomenal chiropractor down in Virginia and where we were living. And uh, at the time, I, my husband was stationed down there. And they were able to work with my girls and help to heal them of some of the major stuff that was going on with them. It was just mind-blowing to me. And then when we came up here to where I live now in Newport, Rhode Island, we've been here for 24 years, uh, one healing modality after another kept landing in my lap. Now, after that one burnout, or after that one tour, uh, that was three years, my husband, uh, it was a very intense tour. Um, raising two little kids and my husband out to sea, deployed, on and on and on. Um, I have to admit it was a pretty bad burnout. It took me over six months to recover. Wow. So um, what would you say helped you the most to snap out of that burnout? I didn't do any snapping. It was a very low process, but the irony was that a week after we moved here, uh, I ended up meeting a woman who was a Reiki master. And uh, explain that for those who don't know what that is. Like Reiki <laughs> is a Reiki is a form of energy healing. Uh -huh. They use it. At, uh, they also call it um, a hands-on healing. Um, you know, physical touch. There's all different terms for it, and those folks who are trained to do it, and there are a lot of nurses who are trained in Reiki right now. There are a lot of hospitals where that is actually something that is done before people go into surgery because the research has shown that people come out on the other side much uh, healthier. They, they, awaken, they, they awaken in a much better frame. They heal faster. So Reiki is just a really wonderful, wonderful thing. And I became a Reiki master in 1998, uh, basically to heal myself first. Um, I had had uh, my eighth major surgery, and, or uh, yeah, it was my eighth major major surgery, and I went into a very, very deep depression. And my surgeon's like, I don't know what to do for you. And I said, look, this thing happened. Uh, I met this woman, and she did this on me, and the pain reduced by 50% in like 10 minutes. And he said, study it. So my surgeon is the one who basically mm. gave me permission to yeah, study this. They don't believe in that stuff, right? Well, Western medicine. He and I were actually very good friends. And oh. he, um, he trusted me. And he said, if, you, if it helped you, I'm listening. 
He says, go do it, go study it. And I did. And that was the beginning of, uh, and I'm a businesswoman, you know, so. What is your business? I work with tired, unhealthy, workaholic entrepreneurs and leaders and help them literally leap off the hamster wheel of life, take their health back, and then help them grow their business. That sounds like a caregiver. The, the person you're describing. In many ways it is. <laughs> in many ways it is. <laughs> in uh, many ways it is, yes. So, so obviously stress is the killer, you know. It's the killer with caregivers. It's the killer with workaholics. It's yes. the killer with burnout, etc. So there's no way to get away from stress, right? I mean, it's all around us. It'll always be around us till the day we die. How do we, what, manage? Is that the word I'm looking for? How do you manage stress or how do you avoid stress? What's the word? Well, well, the first thing I have to I have to stop you where the word stress is concerned because oh. what a lot of folks don't realize, and this is what I talk about in my TED talk. Um, uh, I did a TED talk called, uh, called "Do You Really Want to Chase the Work-Life Balance Myth?" Because work-life balance does not exist. And the thing with the word stress is, stress is not positive, stress is not negative, stress is neutral. It's our perception of what is going on around us as to whether it's negative stress or positive stress. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you may have someone who just had a baby. And to them, it's the most wonderful thing on the planet. To somebody else who's looking at that scenario, it could be negative stress. Right. You have somebody who just graduated from university. There's one person, it, it's phenomenal. Mom and dad, yes, the bills are paid, they're out. And for the kid, they're <laughs> absolutely petrified. It's negative stress. You know, so every scenario has it's two sides of one coin. And it's and it really depends on how we choose to look at what is going on around us. Um, in my early days, and this is something I, I, I didn't mention before, um, I was in law enforcement. And one of the things that really? we uh, that we would talk about, and, and one of the things that I would teach, I also taught at a security school in my late twenties, and I taught these folks to understand that when something happened, there's an event, and in that event, you could say an event happened. It's in the middle of the circle, and you have people around that circle. You ask every single person what their perspective is of what they're seeing, and they're looking at the event from a different angle. Mm. And that angle can either create positive stress or negative stress. Yeah, now they have these stress um, events. You know, they say if you're getting married, if you're going through a divorce, if you're going to a funeral, if you're changing jobs, if you're having a baby, if you're moving that that just is uh, like they give it numbers. And yes. So um, how much stress can a person, uh, can the human body uh, and the mind and the emotions, how much can, can we really take? I mean, you know, there's some people I've met and spoken to that are going through like five of those things on, those, on that chart that I just mentioned. And my gosh, it's there's no wonder they're a nervous wreck or a nervous breakdown or, or can't function. So what do you have to say about that? Well, I'm one of those people. Um, at the very moment, I have 
I, I'm a caregiver to my 96 and 94 year old parents who live in another state. Uh-huh. I'm running a business and I have a sister who's about to have a transplant. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, it, it's about building resilience and about needing to take care of yourself first. Uh, when my husband had, you know, one of the things that people ask me is, can you give an example of a time in your life where things were very stressful and how you took care of yourself? And what I, and there's one very big, um, or very, what's the word I want to use? Powerful moment where my husband, his dad dropped dead of a heart attack at the age of 56 in two weeks. My husband was 56 in one week. And he was getting, he was very, very white, very, very white. And we took him to the, uh, we took him to the hospital. Um, and this had been going on. He's an athlete. And this had been going on for quite a while. We couldn't, and the doctor was going to let him go because all of his exams came back positive. All of his tests came back absolutely wonderful. You know, (laughs) extraordinary. The man's a phenomenal athlete. And I looked at her and I said, his dad dropped dead at 56 and two weeks he is now 56 and one week she said okay you're not going anywhere make a long story short the next day um he was on a treadmill and he's again he's a runner he almost destroyed the machine got on the tape to the stress and the doctor shoved a nitro down his throat and said we have to rush you up to the hospital and the guy came out and he said to me terry there's a massive blockage we don't know what is going on and what's happening and I let the ambulance take him. But what I did to k- take care of myself, I knew it was going to be hard. I knew it was going to be intense. I went home. I had a good meal. I meditated. And I went to the middle school, took care of my son, explained to him that somebody else was going to be taking care of him and that his dad, you know, basically, you know, hey, dad needed to go to the yeah. hospital, blah, blah, blah. But what I did was I took care of myself first because I knew that if I didn't take care of myself, I couldn't be there completely for him. That is so true. You know, even the Bible talks about uh, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And a lot of people don't love themselves. They think they do. They don't take care of themselves. They don't eat right. They don't drink right. They don't sleep Mm -hmm. right. They, uh, you know, put their needs last. Yes. They isolate themselves. They ignore all their friends. Now their friends don't come by, and and they've built a caregiver prison for themselves. And so, how in the world are they going to take care of their loved one? I mean, are they going to treat their loved one the same way they're treating themselves? God forbid. No, but uh, somehow they're they're sensible enough to to give their loved one great care. But then give themselves terrible care. I think I saw this this cartoon about caregivers. It said, uh, "Yeah, I take my loved one to the doctor every single week, but I haven't been in three years." And there well, okay, I, I need to back up on that though because I haven't been to the doctor in three years because I am so healthy. All right, it's funny that you well, said you're that. You're the exception to the rule. These, that, but I, I and most it's caregivers who haven't been to the doctor in three years, they have high blood pressure. They're they have okay. high cholesterol. Their knees are shot. I mean, they're a mess. They're overweight. They're diabetic, uh, pathetic, and okay. so on. And maybe I am the exception because I do work on myself every single day. And that is what I was saying earlier about these holistic modalities. I learn them. I use them to with my clients. 
then the next one comes lands in my lap. Yeah. Use them with my clients. So everything that lands in my lap, I do use for myself. You're absolutely and, right. And I want you to define what holistic is because we're, we're using a lot of terms that a lot of people may not be familiar with. Right. And Been around I a while. That, I, I love that you asked that question. Holistic is actually a term that uh, a lot of people have associated with the new age when, in mm -hmm. fact, it is not. Uh, you should define new age also. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. So... Uh, woo woo, okay. I call it. Uh, I call what I do practical woo. <laughs> right? uh, but a lot of people say, "Oh, that's just fancy schmancy." Oh, that's all just woo woo stuff. You know, blah blah. No, um, what I do is uh, I'm a very pookie, grounded, pookie. practical human being, and the word holistic is about looking at things completely. Uh, you know, the whole picture. It's mm -hmm. the whole. Um, as when, when I work with my leaders, I teach them how to look at a situation from 30,000 feet up and also at ground level because the perspective is very different and it gives them a very whole holistic view of what is going on uh, with a specific scenario so that they can make really good decisions. So the term holistic is about looking at the entire picture and bringing in um, I say mind, body, and spirit, but looking at it from the from the practical, tactical, and logical, the emotional, the energetic, and the intuitive, and the values-based uh, spirituality piece, not religious, but values-based spirituality piece, which is love, kindness, honor, trust, honor, respect, integrity, loyalty, love of fellow man. So when you integrate all of that, it is a very holistic model that allows leaders, entrepreneurs, and any person to be able to look at whatever it is that they're doing from a very grounded perspective. And how does that compare with someone who calls themselves an integrated physician, integrated medicine? Into, well, integrative medicine to me is a very holistic, holistic way of looking at medicine. The thing with Western medicine, they often – Hey, I want, when I have a car accident and I have an emergency, I want Western medicine there. Let me tell you. However, Western medicine almost killed my kids, as I said. How's that? Um, um, well, the oldest one was, had hives on top of hives on top of hives on top of hives when she was about five years old. Mm -hmm. And the doctors had no clue what to do. Uh, absolutely no clue. And then we found out she was highly allergic to foods. <laughs> you know? mm. So they didn't even think of it. They didn't even. You know. How old was she? Oh, okay. <laughs> Five, six, something like that. Wow. And then my baby, um, uh, she. <sighs> we were living in another country, and we, we were living in England, and uh, she was a preemie. And to make a very long story short, uh, she got very, very sick. She lost, she was only, at five months, she was only 10 pounds. Mm. And she lost three pounds, got very, very sick, and they kept saying, it was just a virus, she'll be fine. And after three days, I demanded to take my child to the ER. And we found out she had, uh, her right lung had collapsed, she had pneumonia, she had encephalitis, and the RSV Where virus. was she that she wasn't in the ER? They well, we were. They wouldn't let me take her to the ER. Was she in a hospital or where? And we took her to the hospital. Well, I finally, 
talk the doctor into taking her to the ER. So and you were just seeing the, the doctor in his office and so on. Yeah. And, well, it's the way we were living on the economy. We, yeah. we were living, you know, in in the suburbs of England on socialized medicine. Hmm. And we had to go to the clinic. We weren't, we, at that yeah. time, go to the ER. And so anyway, make a very long story short, um, three doctors later, finally got her into the hospital. And the doctor told me yeah. to prepare myself because she would not live through the night. And now she's 28 years old and a doctor of physical therapy. <laughs> Was he a holistic doctor? No. But they knew what to do. Uh, at the hospital? Yeah. Um, they're the ones who basically told me to prepare myself. She probably would not live through the night. And where did you take her from there? Home. No, they, she did survive. But it oh. was a miracle. It was a miracle. Miraculous. I like those. <laughs> no explanations. There was a miracle. Right. We're going we're gonna to take a short break, so we'll be right back. Don't go away. One Arm, One Leg, 100 Words, Overcoming Unbelievable Hardships is about Charlene, a stroke survivor. Back in 1996, Charlene was a healthy, normal, very active 52-year-old woman whose amazing talents resemble that of both a Martha Stewart and a Wonder Woman. But all that changed when she suffered a massive stroke that left her severely speech-impaired and paralyzed on the right side. Everyone who knows Charlene is thoroughly amazed at how she lives day by day, month by month, year by year, and with a smile on her face and hope in her heart that everything is going to be okay. Just hear what best-selling author Lynn Barrington has to say about it. If you think you have it bad, read this book. This is a beautiful, genuine story told from the heart. It's inspiring and easy to read. When you finish this book, you'll be able to look at your concerns in a new light. One Arm, One Leg, 100 Words, Overcoming Unbelievable Hardships. Available everywhere. So we're back with Terry Wildeman. Welcome to the show again. And I'm Dave Nassani. This is the Caregiver Dave Show. And we're talking about uh, holistic medicine. And we're talking about how to overcome burnout, and we're talking about how to cope and how to do a whole bunch of stuff. And um, let's talk about your book for a moment. What caused you to write it, and what's it about, and how is it helping people? What are you hoping it will do to the people who read it? Well, just put it up here. This is my second solo book. My first book was in 1998. This one was... Uh, published in 2016, and in between, I am in seven co-authored books. So, what took give me us to the this title of this one again? It's Enchanted Boardroom. Enchanted Boardroom evolved into an unstoppable intuitive leader. Mm. And in this book, I talk about mm. the foundational pieces in running a great business, and I also tap into communications, leadership magnetic business attraction, intuition, and a lot of stress management. And why did I write this book? Because there isn't enough out there written specifically to help entrepreneurs and leaders to really get off that hamster wheel from a perspective that is what I call holistic, that is all the practical, tactical, logical, emotional, energetic, and the spiritual, bringing it all together. And the Enchanted Boardroom is basically a meditation to help them 
get grounded before they start to do anything to get insight. A lot of one of the things that the Wall Street Journal just wrote about last week was how intuition is the key tool for many of the very successful CEOs. And we tend to dismiss it. And we dismiss it because we're so in our heads all the time. Uh, we don't know how to get into our bodies. We don't know how to listen to the, we're very scared, some folks, to listen to your intuition. You're scared of the images that come. You're scared of the disembodied words that show up. You're scared at how your body feels. And your body is incredibly intuitive. We don't listen to our bodies. And the thing with the body is, and I read the body, so I can tell immediately what is going on with folks emotionally. Because our emotion are triggers for disease. Our emotion really hold an awful lot of information that uh, when I look at someone and, and when I begin to coach with someone uh, on their business, we won't go near their business for the first month until we get their stress levels mm. completed. And a lot of what we do are the are the things that are in this book. How do you get and, to a stress level? I'm sorry? How do you find out what their stress level is? A lot is of questions. Just, so you got it down to a checklist and you put yes. a numerical value on it? Yes. And the other thing is that um, I can figure out what's going on with them based on their aches and pains. So their aches and pains, based on what's going on, I can I know exactly uh, what questions to ask. For example, people have issues with their eyes. What do you not want to see? People have issues with their ears. What do you not want to hear? People have mm. issues with their shoulders. What are you shouldering that you don't need a shoulder? Uh, in to, case in How about point, their feet. What are you concerned about walking towards? And flexibility. Uh, the same thing with ankles. Hips are about big projects. Uh, oh, perfect example. Oh, my gosh. When I was writing this puppy, um, I ended up with severe, severe pain in my right hip. And I finally went to the doctor, and he said, well, you know, you're probably headed for a hip replacement. I said, oh, no, I'm not. I said, <laughs> this is... I said, this is because I'm writing a book. I bet you once I, just, I uh, submit the uh, manuscript... I'm going to be fine. Sure enough, the week after I submitted the manuscript, it was over. And it doesn't matter what the x-rays say, does it? No, it doesn't. It truly, truly doesn't. Strange so that works. It, what it does is, what it does is um, allows me to really work in a way that I intuitively can get to the nitty-gritty. Um, I'm certified in emotion code and body code. Mm -hmm. And I can really get to the core of what the situation is. And it happens very, very quickly. So doctors are beginning to realize now how important our emotions are and our mindset is to creating great health and to thrive, whether it's in business or in life. Um, a lot of... A lot of what I teach is being taught to doctors, finally, mm. <laughs> to help them get to the root cause instead of just working on the symptoms. Are they open to this? Because, you know, Western medicine, you know, not like Eastern medicine. More and more are becoming more open to it, and they almost can't, they can, almost can't ignore it. 
you know, there is a reason why so many um, doctors are finally starting to get on the same bandwagon because they see people beginning to flock to holistic medicine uh, because it's not as invasive. It's competition. And, And they're beginning to realize that there's just so much more to the body. And caregivers, when we don't listen to the aches and pains that are going on, when we don't listen to what is happening, it get that's what gets us into trouble. Or just take a pill or schedule a surgery. Exactly. Exactly. And it doesn't have to get to that. It really doesn't if we just And listen. you've got case after case after case to prove this stuff works, right? Absolutely. How many years have you been doing this? Oh, about 30. Wow. Well, the stress, I got licensed in stress management. um, I've been studying for 30 years. I got licensed in stress management in, uh, let's see, 2001. And then I I got certified in EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique. Then I got certified in NLP. Then I became a Reiki master in 1998. Then emotion code. Wow, uh, you've done it all. I did it. Well, I got certified in emotion code uh, this time last year, and then just yesterday I got my body code certification. I'm so excited! Congratulations, body code. Was, How does that work? Body code is the software <laughs> program that uh, is based on emotion code, and it was cre- and it was um, it's a modality. If you want to learn more, you can go to discoverhealing.com. It is Dr. Bradley Nelson's site who created emotion code and body code and frankly it's become my go-to modality in working with stressed out uh people quite frankly is that like the uh, intelligence quotient iq and emotional quotient eq no but i've heard something um eq iq behavior styles all those things are about reading people how they talk their tone of voice how they present themselves, their energy. Uh, for example, I, I'm licensed in the DISC behavior styles, dominant, influential, steady, and conscientious. And <clears throat> the emotional, from the EQ perspective of it, each one of them operate a, a different way. Now, what happens is when I work with folks, because I understand behavior, <clears throat> I automatically know what some of the emotions are going to be and what some of the fears are that are I that see. are coming. So I integrate that. That's part of what we teach also in in the business school and the leadership school. So um, we, you've made some notes here. We've had a discussion uh, before the show. You talk about your parents live in hurricane country. What's that all about? Oh, okay. <coughs> reason I brought that up was because of being a caregiver. <clears throat> a few years ago. When Hurricane Irma came about down in Miami, mm-hmm. uh, I live in Rhode Island. My parents live in Miami, so I am down there every four to five weeks. <laughs> I was parents always move to uh, Miami. I don't know why. Well, they've been there now for twenty-eight years. So, um, so I had just been home for a while, just a very, very short while, and a blasted hurricane came. Back I went. And it was probably one of the most intense experiences that I ever had as a caregiver because I think I almost divorced my father. Uh. <laughs> um, 
he was very stubborn. He didn't want to leave. My mother was hysterical, blah, 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 blah. Ended up having to, uh, we cleaned up the house, uh, or, you know, locked up the house, whatever, threw them in the car with my cousin in a caravan. We caravaned up to Orlando and the blessed hurricane followed us. So here we are in a new home. Uh, we were at my cousin's house. She happened to be on a cruise in Norway. So there was nobody to close oh, up her. Convenient. So we have three elders. She wasn't expecting a hurricane when she went. Not at all. A 94-year-old, a 91-year-old, and an 88-year-old in a, in a new house <laughs> familiar with. Any animals? And, That's the only thing that's missing, right? No animals. No animals. And my cousin and I <laughs> realized that there were things that we had to do because we were with elders that need to protect them above and beyond what we would normally do. We were putting tape on all the stairs so they could see the stairs. We were close. We were putting tape on the door so they could see the door. We were making sure that certain doors could open, certain doors could close. Uh, different things were going on. Um, we had to make sure that we had, you know, the, the handicap seat that goes over the toilet with us. We needed to make sure that we had, you know, this, 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 on and on. And so between two cars, everything that we needed to have to support the three elders. Sounds uh, we pretty had stressful so far. It was incredibly <laughs> stressful. And on top of taking care of the house, for hurricane, I was actually going to write an ebook on what to do for hurricanes. <laughs> you should. You should. I, I probably will. It just hasn't have hasn't had time to do it. But or a fire, or an earthquake, etc. Exactly. And uh, we ended up. Um, the funniest. It was re actually very funny. It was and it wasn't. Uh, my cousin looked at his phone. It, we were in the middle of a tornado warning. And all of a sudden, we just started running. I grabbed cushions and, uh, uh, I'm sorry, um, blankets from upstairs. My The elders were sitting in a big bathroom that was made of concrete. And they were <laughs> all sitting on these beautiful wicker chairs that had the big backs, having their alcoholic drinks, <laughs> yapping away. And I realized, oh, good Lord, we had nothing to protect their heads. So we ended up getting pots and pans. And there's my dad sitting there with the pressure cooker. <laughs> Said a highball and having an absolute blast. So there you go. Hope somebody took a picture of that. Uh, we did, <laughs> we did. But the point is, that's the kind of stuff that you have to think about on your feet. And um, so you can't fall time, apart uh, in emergencies like that. You got to keep your head, keep your sanity, keep your wits. Yes. And how we do that is by. Breathing, a lot of deep breathing, a lot of deep breathing, a lot of centering and going into my heart, uh, going into this part of my body. What a lot of people don't realize is that when they get really stressed, they end up not breathing. Okay. Mm. Their breathing can become very, very shallow. So uh, one of the gifts that I have for your audience is to go to quick, Q-U-I-C-K, shift, S-H-I-F-T zone.com to download a little four-step piece that basically I use every single day of my entire life. Quickshiftzone.com. Quickshiftzone.com. Got it. Yes. And it's the foundation of what we teach leaders and entrepreneurs. It is very, very simple. And it's so simple you don't think it works. But it does yeah. because... 
It helps to reduce the cortisol levels of stress, which cortisol makes you get foggy, makes you gain weight, increases cholesterol, does all kinds of nasty things to your body, mm. and it increases your DHEA levels. So the goal with this exercise is to reduce the cortisol levels, increase the DHEA levels, and get you to a place where you're not foggy anymore. And wow. breathing deeply, that, that was the one thing I did that entire time because I knew how to do this. I was breathing deeply, shifting into my chest, thinking about the positive thing that we were all together and that we had each other. Uh, my cousin and I made a phenomenal team. Um, yeah. And everybody was safe and sound. Uh, but we knew what to do in the moment. But the deep breathing was the key. Yeah. And it sounds like you were also talking to your sub subconscious, which is kind of stupid. It only knows what you tell it. You know, it records everything. And here, you know, if you tell it, I'm stupid, I'm, I'm, I, I can't do this, I can't do that, that will probably fail, oh, that's going to break. It, it almost goes into automatic mode and, and making a self-fulfilling prophecy from your words. So you're just being positive, and you're, in addition to all the other things you're doing, and you're just uh, acting like everything's under control, and after a while, your subconscious believes it, and it makes it come to pass. And is that, well, I'm going to add another, another step to that. that? Okay. You are correct, David. You really are correct. However, I'm going to add another step to that. Your subconscious has an that's where intuition lives. Okay. And when you get really quiet and you breathe deeply, the heart organ, okay, is, is a brain. Mm -hmm. We have the brain in the head and we have the brain in the chest. And this really? is scientifically proven, by the way. Okay. This is not Terry Wilderman woo woo. This is science. The chat, the heart is is a brain. <clears throat> it, the electromagnetic field of the heart can be measured six to ten feet away from the body in a 360 degree circumference. Mm. Heart intelligence is huge. When there's a heart transplant, the body is kept alive by machines. When the heart goes in, the heart begins to pump on its own. It has an intelligence a huge intelligence that those of us who don't get it don't realize how powerful it is. And the heart, the, the brain and the heart, when you connect it with the brain and the head, and that's why I'm saying by breathing, breathing deeply and, and breathing into the heart area, you are actually connecting and in a very coherent place, the brain and the head with the brain and the heart. So you're using, you are you are tapping into very practical, logical information and merging it with emotional and, and intuitive information. It's a coherence. Very interesting. Where did you learn all this stuff? Well, that's HeartMath. H-E-A-R-T-M-A-T-H dot com and dot org. And all of the research on, that is um, on HeartMath.org M-A-T-H, math? Yes, it's the math of the heart. Dot org? Dot org. Got it. And you go there, and I got licensed with them in 2000. Really? And we actually went, we actually biofeedback tools. Well, I, I'm using biofeedback back tools generally, but uh, you, put, you put your thumb on it, and by using these techniques, it measures your heart rate variability. And when your heart rate variability is in the smooth wave, 
Mm-hmm. Everything relaxes and you shift out of chaos and into calm, ease, and flow. And that's when you allow your intuitive gifts to really uh, evolve. And Because yeah. I'll tell you, a lot of us were just too scared to listen to the messages. We're too scared. It's not practical. Yeah. Listen, let's take another break. We will be right back. Don't go away. We are a community of caregivers that understands and supports you wherever you are in your journey. We are a place to connect with other caregivers, but more importantly, a place to get practical, actionable help. There are lots of ways for you to get support. First of all, you can download our welcome pack. This will get you started on your Thrive journey. Next, you can ask and get answers to your questions by posting them here in our private Facebook groups. You can also get live online support by attending one of our live weekly Connect webinars. You can get practical, actionable advice by listening to our weekly podcast. You can hear and read other stories about other caregivers' experiences. Plus, add your own in our weekly Share Your Story forum, posted every Tuesday in the Facebook group. You can access essential resources and download practical Thrive Solutions Packs, all of which are geared to help you thrive as a caregiver. You can get lifetime access to all of our resources. Again, we're here to support you and help you thrive and to enjoy your life as a caregiver. And remember, this is a place to get hope, not just cope. And we're back with Terry Wilderman. Tell us about post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, I think you've got some opinions about that, don't you? I do, especially being a military spouse. (laughs) Oh, let me tell you. Um, One of the things about uh, about it is it can affect anyone, absolutely anyone. Uh, I know for a fact that I had it after Hurricane Irma. Uh, It was four very, very incredibly difficult days with very difficult people. So Um, even though you behaved well during the emergency, when it was over, something happened. I guess that's what happens in the military. You know, they're out there, they're fighting, they're killing, they're they're saving our country, etc. Doing their job, doing what they were trained to do. But then when it's all over and they come home... Something happens. It does. It absolutely does. And Mm. the source of it are emotions. And luckily for me as a holistic practitioner, I knew how to get in there and how to clear it. But, you know, one of the things is we can, as a practitioner can clear about 80, me, myself, I can clear about 80% of my own stuff. But there's that 20% where I need other practitioners, somebody else to come in and help me. And I couldn't clear it on my own. So I brought other people in to help me. And what I realized was this was emotional. So I didn't need, I, I don't take drugs. The only, the only time I, I will take a drug is just two weeks, uh, two days ago, the pressure system came down really low and I ended up with a migraine and mm-hmm. I took some Excedrin and, and it helped. But I, I'm, I'm just not a, a drug taker at all. Uh, I will use my skill sets to clear out whatever it is because what I know is anytime I have an ache or a pain, case in point, I'm going to talk about my shoulder for a moment. 
um, when we were last in, uh, when, when I was in Miami uh, with my husband, I realized that my rotator cuff in my left arm out of nowhere started to hurt. And I was like, what the heck is this all about? Now, we had done a lot of yard work at my parents' house, on and on and on. And I came home and I opened up a uh, book that I have on questions, holistic, uh, holistic stuff. And what I found out was the rotator cuff happens to be about being a caregiver. Really? About taking care of other folks. The questions were very powerful. And I, I just bust up laughing. I said, of course it is. Today, um, I, you know, I was feeling really good. It hasn't been bothering me. And sure enough, something happened today with a family member. And immediately it started to hurt again. So it's just amazing how our bodies know. Our, body, our heart knows, by the way. Our bodies know what is going on before our logical brain does. Mm. And it's because of our, you know, our energy field. But we often don't want, again, we don't want to look at it, A, because we don't know how, B, because we're scared of it, which we shouldn't be. Uh, and the re I don't like to use the word should, but we really shouldn't be because the, this body that we've been given at birth is an amazing, amazing tool that allows, that teaches us and allows us to do such amazing things. Amen to that. What are your plans for the future? What's coming down the pike that you're getting excited about? Oh, my gosh. Um, I, I'm i very lucky that other family members have picked up the pieces and they're going to be helping my parents. So I don't need to go till December. <laughs> so from a caregiver perspective, uh, I'm really enjoying that. Uh, but now that the certification is over with Body Code, uh, my goal is to help as many people as possible through my online Intuitive Leadership University, where we will be having three different schools, the Life Wisdom School, the Business Wisdom School, and the Leadership Wisdom School. Plus, we're going to be offering retreats and um, integrative coaching. So that's what's coming up. Wow, you're a busy lady. So where are you finding your clients from? How do you... How do you help them? How do you find them to help them? I don't need to find them. They find me. <laughs> you don't advertise? It's word of mouth? It's mostly word of mouth, doing interviews mm. like this. And being there okay. 30 years doing it. You know, uh, you know, events. Um, people know what I'm doing. I'm all over social media. Uh, they can contact me on my website. It, it's. I've really learned that the people I'm meant to work with they just show up. Uh, I don't have to really, when I push really hard to get clients, it doesn't happen. Mm. When I let go and just focus on mm. what I want to do, which is help entrepreneurs, leaders, and we're all caregivers to one extreme, you know, one perspective or another. Um, when I just step into this place of, I just want to help. I want to help people heal in mind, body, and spirit. That's what I'm meant to do as a teacher. Uh, you asked in the very beginning what I'm meant to do. It is about teaching. It is about, you know, uh, somebody said to me fairly recently, which is a term I have a hard time with. Um, you're, I'm a healer. 
And I said, I have a hard time with that term. And they said, get over it. That's what you are. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Wow. And I guess I am. I am. So what is your contact information in case somebody wants to um, ask you some questions or ask you about their healing and their problems and their pain and so on? Uh, It's intuitiveleadership.com. And on intuitiveleadership.com, you will find our services, our coaching services, our emotion code services. You will also find my blog. You will find the uh, our podcast, Your Seventh Sense. And I, we're going to be starting a new podcast in January called Awaken the Possibilities. Mm. And they can also join me on Facebook in my Facebook group, Awaken the Possibilities. Awesome. I appreciate you coming on. I can't believe how fast uh, the time has gone. And I'm at caregiverdave.com, your one-stop shopping. And while you're there, remember to click that button that says uh, free gifts. Always giving away some something free. And my parents told me never turn down anything free. And if you feel like joining, it's very inexpensive to join our uh, membership group, $97 for an entire lifetime. <laughs> and you get tons and tons of resources, tons of videos and blogs and articles. And you get an hour coaching session with me. That's worth it right there all by itself. So again, caregiverdave.com. And we will see you again. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Caregiver's Caregiver radio program with Dave Nassani. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.